باب ما يجوز من التسبيح والحمد في الصلاة للرجال ما يجوز what is permissible من التسبيح of تسبيح تسبيح to say سبحان الله والحمد and حمد حمد is to say الحمدللہ meaning is it permissible to say سبحان الله and الحمدللہ في الصلاة during the prayer and للرجال for men okay Meaning, during prayer, if there is a certain situation, an unusual situation, and we will discuss the unusual situations, can men say, subhanallah, or alhamdulillah? Yes. Alright? This is for men. Later we will learn that at-tasfiq lin-nisa. Clapping is for women. Meaning, If there is a similar unusual situation, what should a woman do? What should she say? She will clap. Okay? Let's look at the hadith and uh, things will become clearer, inshallah. Haddathana Abdullah ibn Maslamata, Haddathana Abdul Aziz ibn Abi Hazim, An Abihi, An Sahlin, Radiallahu Anhu, Kala Kharaja Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Sahl radiallahu Anhu, he said that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam kharaja. He went out. يُصْلِحُ بَيْنَ بَنِي عَمْرِ بْنِ عَوْفٍ In order to make peace between the people of Banu Amr bin Awf. So there was some disagreement, some kind of fight. So the Prophet ﷺ went to make peace between them. He was gone. So, وَحَانَتِ الصَّلَاةِ It took long before he came and حَانَتِ الصَّلَاةِ It was time for prayer. Alright. So, فَجَاءَ بِلَالٌ أَبَا بَكْرٍ So Bilal came to Abu Bakr radiallahu anhuma. Faqala, so he said, Bilal said to Abu Bakr, that Hubisa Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has been held up. He still hasn't arrived. And it is time for prayer. So, Fata'ummun nas. So, will you lead the people in prayer? Can you lead the people in prayer? Qala, Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he said, Naam, in shi'tum. Said yes, if you want me to, sure, I will lead the people in prayer. فَأَقَامَ بِلَالٌ الصَّلَاةَ So Bilal made the iqama for salah. فَتَقَدَّمَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ And then Abu Bakr came forward, فَصَلَّى And he began the prayer. Now as Abu Bakr is leading the people in prayer, what happened? فَجَاءَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم returned, he came. And when he came, it was time for prayer. So he has to pray also. And there's a jama'ah going on. So then what did he do? يَمْشِي فِي الصُّفُوفِ He began walking through the rows. يَشُقُّهَا شَقًّا He began walking through the rows, cutting through them. Why? حَتَّى قَامَ فِي الصَّفِّ الْأَوَّلِ So that he could stand in the first row. فَأَخَذَ النَّاسُ بِالتَّصْفِيحِ So what happened? The people began doing Tasfih. And what is that? Clapping. Qala Sahlun. Sahl said, Hal tadruna mat tasfih? When he was narrating this hadith, he asked the people that, Do you know what is tasfih? Huwa tasfih. He said it is tasfih. Tasfih, tasfih, same thing. Clapping. So, why were they clapping? The reason was that Wakana Abu Bakrin radiallahu anhu, that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, la yaltafitu fi salatihi. He would never turn. In his prayer. In his prayer, he was completely focused. This was his habit. 
So basically Abu Bakr had no idea that the Prophet ﷺ had come. So the people realized that Abu Bakr did not know. So in order to alert him, what did they do? They clapped. فَلَمَّا أَكْثَرُوا But Abu Bakr عنه, he ignored the clapping also. So the people, they increased in their clapping. So when they increased in their clapping, iltafata He finally turned a little bit to look at what was happening. So when he turned, فَإِذَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الصَّفِ He saw the Prophet وسلم, standing in the row. فَأَشَارَ إِلَيْهِ So the Prophet وسلم, pointed, he gestured towards Abu Bakr, Makanak, stay in your place. Meaning, you know, keep leading. Continue with the prayer. فَرَفَعَ أَبُو بَكْرٍ يَدَيْهِ So Abu Bakr raised his hands. فَحَمِدَ اللَّهِ And he praised Allah. Why did he raise his hands and praise Allah? Like, no way, I cannot lead you, Ya Rasulullah. ثُمَّ رَجَعَ الْقَهْقَرَى And then he returned, قَهْقَرَى Going backwards. You understand? Instead of turning around and walking all the way and finding a spot for himself, what did he do? He came back. He took a few steps back. وَرَآهُ وَتَقَدَّمَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ فَصَلَّى And then the Prophet وسلم, he went forward and he led the prayer. Now, over here the hadith has been mentioned only up until this point, but the hadith actually continues. It's mentioned earlier in another chapter where the hadith continues that when when the Prophet ﷺ, he took over the salah as imam, in a way. So what happened? After the prayer, he asked Abu Bakr that what stopped you from remaining where you were? Why didn't you continue as imam when I told you? So Abu Bakr who said that it is not right for the son of Abu Quhafa to pray in front of the Messenger of Allah. It's not right for him to do that. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he turned towards the rest of the people and he said, why were you clapping so much? If something happens, then you should say, subhanallah. If something happens, then you should say, subhanallah. And if you say, subhanallah, attention will be paid to you. And then he said, clapping is for women. Meaning, in prayer, if something happens, then how will a woman alert the people of the situation? How? By clapping. You understand? So the men will say what? Subhanallah. And the women will? Will? Clap. Okay. Now, from this hadith, what do we learn? First of all, we see that the Prophet wasallam, he was away. Why? Why was he away? To make peace between people. He personally went to make peace between people. The Prophet ﷺ was so humble and so concerned that he took time out to do islah between people. If we have to do something like this, we think it's a waste of our time. It's not a waste of your time. Of course, Everything is good in moderation. So in making peace between people, you don't forget your own work. In making peace between people, you don't just go on listening to them for days and days and days. right? But making time for this work is something that is prescribed by the sunnah. And in the Qur'an also, 
islah between people is something that is encouraged. It's mentioned. Secondly, we see that when the Prophet ﷺ did not return in time for prayer, there was time for prayer, and they didn't know how long he would take. Right? So what happened? Bilal anhu. He requested Abu Bakr anhu to lead the people in prayer. Of course, at that time, there was no way of calling and checking, will you be back in time? Right? If they knew that he was just a few minutes away, they would wait for him. But they didn't know how long it would take him. Right? So what do we see? That Bilal anhu, the mu'adhin of the Prophet ﷺ, finds an imam. Right? Now this teaches us a couple of things. First of all, we see that in the absence of the imam, right? of course somebody else has to be appointed. Right? But that person is not just going to go and stand up himself. Well, you know what? The imam is late as usual. So I will take charge and I will become the imam. And when he comes, I'm going to give him that look. We don't really need you. You know, you're replaceable. I can also recite. I can also lead. This is not the way. The way is that the mu'adhin or someone who has some level of authority in the masjid, he will find the imam. You understand? So here, Bilal radiallahu anhu is looking for someone. Because it was Bilal radiallahu anhu's duty to make the adhan. He was a mu'addin, right? Correct? Secondly, we see that Bilal radiallahu anhu, he goes to Abu Bakr, asks him, will you lead the people in prayer? He says, yes, if you want. Then Bilal radiallahu anhu makes the adhan, iqama, etc. Right? And we learn from other ahadith also that Bilal anhu, when it was time for salah, he wouldn't just go and make the iqama. Okay, let's just give the iqama, the imam will come. You know, when he will hear the iqama, he will come. No, you ask the imam, should I give the iqama? When he says yes, then you give the iqama. This is a very important rule that all men should know, all boys should know. If you happen to be in a masjid and you see that it's time for prayer, don't just randomly take the microphone and start making the adhan or the iqama. Find out who the imam is, who is leading, right? And take their permission. Ask them, should I make the iqama now? Because it's disrespectful if you make the iqama, the imam is not ready, he's in the middle of a conversation, Right? The iqama is made, rows are made, and people are just staring at the imam. You understand? This is very disrespectful to the imam. You know, we learned that once people waited for so long in the masjid. Why? Because the iqama had not been made. Why? Because the Prophet ﷺ was talking to someone. They waited the entire time. They didn't just make the iqama and they're like, okay, come on already, come on already. No, they waited. So this is part of respecting the imam. Always take permission from the imam before making the iqama. This is the adab of the mu'adzin and the person making the iqama. Also we see here in this hadith that Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he had so much khushur in salah that several people are clapping behind him, but he does not turn. He does not look towards them. This is the level of his khushur. He does not pay any attention. But then we see that when there is a lot of clapping, what does he do? He turns. He looks towards them. This is iltifat. So remember what I mentioned to you, iltifat, turning in prayer is not permissible in general. 
But when there is a need, when there is a need, alright, a necessity, then it is permissible. Okay, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, إِيَّاكَ وَالْتِفَاتْ فِي الصَّلَاةِ Be careful. Be careful of iltifat in salah. Meaning, do not do that. Because iltifat is basically what shaitan steals from your prayer. Even that that split second in which you look here or look there, cast your glance, distract your glance, that split second even shaitan took from your prayer. He stole it. He made you suffer loss. You understand? So, iltifat is not permissible because it's shaitan causing you loss in your prayer. So don't allow that to happen. But if there is a pressing need, you know, a situation of necessity like over here, then it is permissible. It would be a mubah movement. Alright? Then we see that Abu Bakr anhu. we see that first of all, the Prophet ﷺ, he gestured, makanak, stay in your place. Abu Bakr anhu, what is he doing? Raising his hands. And then praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see this movement, right? The Prophet wasallam saying, Makanak, stay in your place. He's not saying it, he's gesturing. Right? So this shows that you can gesture with your hand, a slight gesture, alright, while you are praying to communicate something that is urgent. Urgent and important. So an important rule, you know, make a separate you know, note of it or like highlight it somehow or you know, put a pointer on it because this is a rule. That you can communicate during prayer through a gesture. Not through words, no kalam, but gesture is permissible. Now let's look at some examples of this. One example is this, that the Prophet ﷺ telling Abu Bakr anhu. Makanak, you know, with with his hand, or like Bilal who said that he would respond to the greeting how, with a gesture. There is another hadith which is in Bukhari, very beautiful long hadith in which we learn that Asma anha she said that once she came into the masjid, people are praying. It was not time for prayer, right? She finds people are praying, and then she sees her sister Aisha anha. She's also praying. What's going on? There was a, an eclipse, so. She asked, Asma anha asked Aisha anha, what's happening? Is this an ayah? Is this like a miracle or something? So Aisha anha, she pointed with her hand, right? So through her gestures, she let Asma anha know that yes, we are praying because of the eclipse. She did not say it with words, but she communicated how? With the movement of her hand and her head. Okay? Now this doesn't mean that you start answering every kind of question. Like you're praying and your son says, Mom, can I go? Should I ask Dad? Can I go tomorrow? You know, come on, don't do that. This is urgent and important. Alright? The Prophet wasallam is saying, stay in your place with his hand. Why? Because it's about this prayer. The prayer that they were performing at that time. This could not be delayed till later. Asma is asking about the solar eclipse and the prayer. That is there a connection between this prayer and the eclipse? Like, why are we praying right now? Is this because of the eclipse? With what intention should I join? So Aisha cannot delay till later. 
So then Asma عنها, started praying. And we learned that the salah was so long. It was so long that Asma عنها, you know, she had some thoughts that maybe I should, you know, sit down or something. And she said that there was another woman who was older than me who was also praying. So I continued to pray. Right? So you see, she needed to know that information before joining the prayer. Right? So it was urgent and important. This is why there was that movement. Okay? So remember, communicating during prayer, communicating through gestures is permissible, but only in urgent and important matters. Okay? Iltifat. Alif, lam, ta, fa, alif, ta. Iltifat. All right. So this is with regards to the movement. Okay. Now what's happening here? Abu Bakr anhu, he raised his hand and he praised Allah. Understand? He raised his hand and he said, Alhamdulillah, he praised Allah. Right? And we see that later the Prophet ﷺ did not object to this, that why did you do that? Why did you say that? So this shows that it is permissible to say Alhamdulillah in prayer. And this is not part of Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. This is Alhamdulillah with regards to something else. Okay, Like for example, you're praying and you sneeze. Can you say Alhamdulillah? Yes. Okay, How? Make everybody hear? No. Just loud enough that you will hear yourself. Okay, You can say Alhamdulillah. Okay, You're praying... You're praying, let's say, your salah, and you know that your sister is in the hospital, giving birth, let's say, right? And then the phone rings, and then you hear people saying, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And then you're praying, and you're like, what's going on? So you say, Alhamdulillah. You know, can you say that? Yes. Because of some good news, can you say Alhamdulillah? Yes, you can. During your prayer. Okay? So saying Alhamdulillah is permissible in salah because you're not talking to people who are you talking to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you're praising allah okay now this shows us that when there is some you know when you receive some blessing or something you can say alhamdulillah in your prayer why did abu bakr anhu say alhamdulillah because this was such a huge privilege that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was giving him that you lead and i stand behind you such a huge privilege but he wasn't going to take that, you know. How could he lead the Prophet ﷺ? So this is why he moved back anyway. Alright? Now, Imam Bukhari is deriving from this, what? If you look at the bab, tasbih walhamd. Not just hamd, but also tasbih. So this shows that saying subhanallah during prayer is also permissible. Why? Because if saying alhamdulillah is permissible, saying subhanallah is also permissible. What is a situation in which you could say subhanallah? Later on in the hadith, we learned that the Prophet ﷺ told the men that you should say subhanallah. So for example, if you want to alert the imam, alright? If you want to alert the imam, the imam is let's say making a mistake in his recitation, you want to alert him. So when we're talking about the men, because it's for rijal. So, can the ma'moom say subhanallah? 
to alert the imam? Can he? Yes. If the imam is making a mistake, that's what he will do. What do people do instead? The imam is reciting, La uqsimu, the person behind him heard aqsimu, right? He misunderstood, and he starts correcting, La uqsimu, la uqsimu. Right? People call it luqma. Right? And this is not correct. I mean, if somebody is reciting, and they're making a mistake, don't start reading. And then the poor imam is reciting, 50 people behind him are correcting him. Whereas there is a person appointed to correct the imam if there is a mistake. And even then, the correct way is that the person should say, Subhanallah. Say Subhanallah, the imam will know, I made a mistake. So he will recite again. He will figure it out himself. And if he's not able to, only then, only then, does the person appointed to correct the imam say the verse or the word correctly. Right? Otherwise, people are not allowed to start reciting like that, trying to tell the imam that he made a mistake in his recitation. The etiquette is that they should say, what should they say? Subhanallah. Another situation in which a person might have to say subhanallah is that there is, let's say, the example that I mentioned at the beginning, you're praying, somebody's knocking on the door. You want to alert them that you're praying. You understand? You want to alert them that you're praying. So in that situation... A man would say, subhanallah, and what would a woman do? Clap. Now clapping also, it's not like you keep going, you know, with a rhythm. No. One is sufficient. Okay? So, to answer your question, you're praying and your children are doing something wrong and you want to stop them or alert them or somebody's about to get hurt, baby is about to fall off the bed, Right? You know, the door is open and the child ran outside and everybody sitting did not realize. So what do you do? As a man will say, subhanallah, and what will a woman do? Clap. Okay, so train your children now to what? The clap. Okay, and the way of clapping that has been taught is that it should be on the back of the hand or something. And a different kind of a clap. Okay, so people will know that this is something unusual that's happening. Alright, so... Alhamdulillah, subhanallah, both we have covered. When do you say alhamdulillah? When there is a blessing. When do you say subhanallah? To alert the people, whether it is the imam or the people around you. Okay? Now based on this, the words alhamdulillah and subhanallah, some scholars have even said that you can even say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Because again, you're talking to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The statement of istirja' you can say in salah also. Because you might be praying, for example, and you know, for example, once I was praying behind an imam, and he made a very serious mistake in his recitation. The word was supposed to be kafirin wa innahu lahasratun alal kafirin, or you know, it is a source of regret for those who reject. And he said muttaqeen. Now, I was like listening to the recitation. It's such a powerful recitation, powerful verses. I just said, Astaghfirullah. You know, like it just came out. It came out. So, does that break your prayer? No, you're not talking to people. It's just coming out. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Somebody falls during the prayer. Somebody faints. This happens. 
right? So in this situation, saying inna lillahi wa inna to yourself, right? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is this permissible? Yes, it is. Why? Because the scholars, they said the rule is, they made a rule based on all of these different ahadith, that any statement, any statement that a person says, okay, any statement of dhikr that a person says, which does not distract him from prayer, is permissible. Kullu dhikrin, kullu dhikrin, every dhikr. Wujida sababuhu salah sabab reason is there during prayer, meaning you have to say it. There's a genuine reason for you to say that dhikr. Then it is permissible for you to say it. So for example, you sneeze. You say alhamdulillah. The person standing next to you falls. You say, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi Alright? So this is permissible. Some good news. Alhamdulillah. Okay, when it comes to saying these things, you should not say it in a way that people around you are distracted. Just loud enough that you can hear yourself. And now for example, you know, you go to the masjid, you're praying to rakah, and the adhan goes on. So can you respond to the adhan? During your salah? Hmm? No. Why? Because it will distract you from prayer. You understand? You're saying... Let's say, Subhana Rabbi Raleem, Subhana Rabbi Raleem, Subhana Rabbi Raleem. You're like, okay, let me say it quickly so that I can say, La hawla la quwata illa billah. In, in responding to the adhan. Right? So it will distract you from your prayer. So remember that when it comes to this dhikr also, that you can say in salah, the rule is that it should not distract you from salah. So far, what rules have we learnt? What rules have we learnt? Raise your hand and tell me. Yes? Okay. In general, speech is not allowed in salah. Secondly, what else have we learned? Yes? If someone says something accidentally during prayer, it does not break their salah. Thirdly, what other rules have we learned? Okay. So when it comes to alerting the imam or the people around you, in that situation, men will say, subhanallah, women will clap. All right? And otherwise, when it comes to praising Allah, right? saying Alhamdulillah, saying Inna Lillahi Wa Inna that is the same for men and for women. Okay? Any other rule that we studied? Yes? First, the rules. I want to make sure that you have all the rules with you. Go ahead. Exactly. It is permissible to gesture with your hands in a situation that is of urgent and important need. Okay? Exactly. Iltifat is not permissible, but in case of necessity or need, it is permissible. Yes? Exactly. You can greet the praying person, but they cannot respond to your greeting and wording. They can respond through a gesture. Yes? Yeah, we covered that already. Anything else? Exactly. When conversing with yourself in prayer, redirect yourself to conversing with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. Yes, you have a question? During sajda, in nafal and in farz, mm-hmm. both prayers, mm-hmm. what about saying your own duas, which are not masnoon or Qur'an, is it allowed or not, in both prayers? Okay. Now you tell me, based on the rules that we have studied, and give me the proof. Is it allowed 
to make dua in sajda hmm? during salah can you do that okay so okay so first of all when it comes to uh, for example um, a masnoon dua a dua that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam made can you make that yes you can why because you're talking to who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right when it comes to making dua in a different language in a language other than arabic okay now technically you are talking to who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so making dua okay to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in salah in sajda technically this is permissible the issue is arabic or not arabic right or non arabic if it's in arabic everybody agrees it's permissible you know a little bit of arabic and you put together some words and uh, you know you you say it no harm okay but can you say it in english the issue here is not about making dua it's about the language okay some scholars said yes and others said no those who said yes they said because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands all languages you don't have to uh, limit yourself to arabic but those who said no they said that there is a language of salah and that is arabic so this is why they said that even if you're making dua you know your own dua in sajda in rukur it has to be in arabic because the language that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen for the salah is arabic okay because if it was okay to say it in english if it's okay for you to say oh allah please help me please guide me etc in english then you should also be able to say that in rukur all praise to you allah you are perfect right you should be able to say that in rukur in english but that's not allowed you have to say it in arabic so if you have to say everything else in arabic that means that you have to say your dua also in in what in arabic okay another question that accidental ittifaq like sometimes there's a sound outside the window and you're saying namaz and you just looked accidentally yeah. what about that i mean of course if it's accidental it is rabbana la tu'akhirna in nasina aw akhtana okay there's more to learn from this hadith okay now we see that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is telling abu bakr continue leading abu bakr says alhamdulillah raises his hands right first of all we see that he's raising his hand why is he raising his hand he's praising allah so this means that raising your hand when making dua when praising allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is something permissible you can raise your hands when making dua you can raise your hands when you praise allah there is no harm abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu did that in salah no harm the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did not object to that okay then we see that abu bakr radhiyallahu anhu is not listening to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's telling him makanak Abu Bakr, alhamdulillah. And then he just walks backwards. Right? He's not giving an option to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Is he disobeying the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? What's happening over here? This is out of extreme respect for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it's not disobedience. It's not disobedience. Disobeying out of ta'zeem وَالْإِكْرَامْ لَيْسَتْ إِثْمًا Okay, this is the rule. That disobeying someone out of respect, okay, meaning you don't do what they're telling you to do, 
Why? Out of respect, this is not a sin. Okay? Like for example, your mom, you know, you're cooking and your mom says, let me do it. You're like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Somebody says, take the food first. You say, no, no, you first. You have to. Right? And you just take the plate and give it to them. They told you, you first. And you just took the plate and gave it to them. But you know what? Even in this, moderation is good. Because sometimes we go to another extreme where we don't let people do anything. We just completely you know, overtake and we're like, no, it has to be my way because I have a lot of respect and love for you. So even if you don't want me to help you, I will, I will help you. Right? Even though you want me to take the food first, I will not take it first. And when it comes to paying for something, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. No, no, I will pay. No, no, I will pay. No, I will pay. I come on. There's like twenty people waiting behind you. Pay already and move on. Right. So if somebody wants to pay, let them pay. You won't be insulted if somebody pays for your food. You understand? This is not an insult. And if you really want to pay for something, only then offer. Don't do it out of fakeness. You know, it looks so bad if I don't pay. At least I should offer. At least I should insist a little bit. There's no need to do that. Be be moderate. Right. Uh, another important thing in this hadith, which you find might a little strange, is that the imam is changing during the salah. Abu Bakr is leading, and then halfway through what's happening, he's coming back, he's joining the row, and the Prophet ﷺ is now leading the people in prayer. How does that work? How's that okay? Is that okay? First of all, definitely it's okay. Because if the Prophet ﷺ did it, then it's okay. But in what situation? In a situation where the imam has an excuse, has a reason to either discontinue his prayer or to join the rest of the people and then somebody else should uh, become the imam. For example, we see that Umar anhu, when he was stabbed, he was leading the people in prayer. He was stabbed. And he could not continue leading. So it is said in some narrations that he grabbed the hand of one of the companions and he moved him forward. Right? So Umar anhu started leading the prayer, but somebody else ended the prayer. Right? Likewise, it may happen that the imam you know, breaks their wudu. Right? So in that situation, what do they do? Everybody's just standing, waiting? No. Somebody else can be brought forward by the imam to lead in prayer. Likewise, the imam could be overcome by extreme uh, coughing, right? He could faint. Things like that happen. So in that situation, can somebody else become the imam? Yes, they can. Also, we see that the Prophet ﷺ was willing to stand behind Abu Bakr in salah. And we see that Abu Bakr led the people in prayer numerous times in the life of the Prophet ﷺ. In fact, at the end of his life, who was leading the people in prayer? Abu Bakr For the last three days of the life of the Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr led the people in prayer. Right? So, this shows us is that Abu Bakr anhu's sunnah is to be followed. Abu Bakr anhu's way is to be followed. Because the Prophet ﷺ was willing to stand 
behind him. So we should also be willing to stand behind Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu. Right? This is why he was the Khalifa, the first Khalifa of the Muslims. And nobody had any issue with that. Everybody agreed with his leadership. Do you notice something? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, I mentioned to you the, the hadith that continues that he called himself Ibn Abi Quhafa. This is a way in which people would refer to themselves or to somebody else in order to degrade them. Like for example, Abu Sufyan, even he said, is there amongst you Ibn Abi Quhafa? Okay? Ibn Abi. Ibn Abi Quhafa. The son of the father of so and so. I mean, why would you say that? So Abu Bakr who said that to further make himself small. You know, like who am I? It is not right for Ibn Abi Quhafa to stand before the Prophet ﷺ. And this teaches us an important lesson of humility. Okay, more to learn, more to understand, inshaAllah, uh, we will do it in the next abwab, inshaAllah. Subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, ashadu an la ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.